Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oney, alongside you on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday Mr. Padoni, how are things in your neck of the woods? Oh, you know, same old crap, different day type of deal. Won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I, I don't want to be your neighbor. No, I wouldn't uh, recommend moving to Chicago at any point in time right now. I I, I just wouldn't. Even if it wasn't Chicago, I don't know that I want to be your neighbor rude rude you're fired fired in the words of um the last president you're fired not really you you can't fire me you need me mm, mm, do i yeah you kind of do yeah. i mean it may you make it easier like I said, you need me. Okay. Whatever you want to tell yourself to sleep at night or wake up in the morning, whatever. But it is a truth or fiction Tuesday, and we're going to go full on truth or fiction the entire episode here today for you on the 14th day of December in the year of our Lord, 2021. Do not forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor. I'm at The Coppin Show. He is at... The Padoni Show, host of The Padoni Show, by the way, um, every Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here, Mojo 5 Radio. It's a POS. No, it's the POS. It's that too. We'll just leave that alone. But uh, do not forget, you can also 
check out uh, some things over on our locals page. That's criticalthinking.locals.com. Where um made an announcement yesterday, Pat. I don't know if you saw it. You you made an announcement yesterday. You mean you actually do those? What? <laughs> I'm just done with you. Okay. <laughs> just done with you. But that, yeah, that's hurtful. So for those of you who are not already members of the critical thinking community, you can do so for free just by going to criticalthinking.locals.com. But we want to say a true thank you to all of our actual critical thinkers out there, those people who subscribe, because starting in 2022, <clears throat> you're going to be good enough, you're going to be smart enough, and gosh darn it, people will like you, Pat. I'm, I'm, ju I'm just going to say. What, uh, what, what are, you, what are you, you saying they don't like me now? Let's move on. Uh, it's hurtful. <laughs> Absolutely hurtful. <laughs> but no, we, we have a lot to get into today, so let's do it. Um, first, truth or fiction, Pat. The Texas abortion law being upheld opens up Pandora's box to constitutional questions. Truth or fiction? I'm going to go with fiction. And, the, the, and it's, it's not that the Texas abortion bill doesn't do this, but the abortion bills previous to that were already doing it. That's why it's fiction for me. It's not just Texas. It's Mississippi. It's Louisiana. I mean, we, we were already going into Pandora's box when we were starting to pass like heartbeat bills and things like that. That that wasn't it's not exclusively Texas. So I, I meant it this way, Pat, because mm -hmm. what is Texas's abortion bill? Right? What is the bill? The bill is not a government-sanctioned situation. It empowers, quote-unquote, private people to privately sue um, abortion doctors, right? And those people who perform an abortion. It was upheld by the United States Supreme Court. Well, I shouldn't say upheld. They just refused to take the case, in which case right. the lower court um, situation um, stays. I, so I think this is truth, and here's why. I, I get where you were coming from, but I'm coming from this perspective. What is to stop, say, California or any other, and got, the governor of California has mentioned this in the past, or any other state from coming in and doing a very similar thing to the Second Amendment. What what's the difference? You have told us that private individuals suing over something that is quote unquote constitutionally protected. I know the difference here, but um my question to you then is. Have we not opened Pandora's box to everybody being able to violate everybody else's constitutional rights because government's not enforcing it? It's private civil 
forfeiture of your constitutional right. Why, why can't California just outright ban guns? And um, if you know a gun owner in the state, you can uh, sue them for $10,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars or whatever, right? For owning a gun. I think there's a simple, I think there's a very simple answer to this question. And it's actually really two answers. One, my gun rights are not up for debate. It is a, not only my second amendment right, it's also a God-given right for me to be able to protect myself. Number two, abortion is actually directly um, impacting another human being, that being the baby. It is causing harm. Me owning a gun is not causing you harm. And if it is causing you harm, it's more of a you problem than it is a me problem. As long as I have not used my gun in any shape or form against you. Okay. Okay. So I I see what you're saying, right? I know that there's a difference. And I think the difference is that one is a codified, understandable, constitutional right. The other in terms of abortion, has been a made-up right. doesn't really exist. The word abortion doesn't exist in the Constitution of the United States of America, right? So there are differences. I understand that. But my point is this, Pat. The way that the Texas law is set up and the way that the courts have ruled on this, they have ruled on what is perceived still to be a constitutional right to an abortion. And now they're saying that private individuals have the right to sue over something that they don't like. There are lots of people who don't like your right to own a gun, right? They think it is big, bad, scary. So what is the difference? What, what, not morally, Pat, but legally, what would be the foundational difference here? What would be the difference? To me, there is none. That's why I think this Texas abortion law is an abomination. It's an absolute abomination because it sets us up for the what-ifs of the world. With the U.S. Supreme Court not weighing in on this, we now have to rely on a lower court saying that this is a constitutional thing and that it is in direct contest legally with a quote-unquote constitutional right. So your your Fifth Amendment rights, an individual could violate that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your Second actually... Amendment right, again, that is the biggest thing here. What is to stop governments from enacting laws that empower the citizenry to do a thing that they believe to be morally right, but they to end around the Constitution? I could make the argument that abortion is in of itself against the Constitution and against your constitutional rights. Right. That being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I understand that argument from our perspective. But I'm tr- but I don't see legally 
the difference. That's what I'm getting at here is that legally, today in the United States of America, unless the United States Supreme Court is about to reverse Roe versus Wade, right? Totally reverse it. That there's any difference between the law that Texas is now being allowed to stand and California just replacing abortion with guns. So a gun dealer in the state of California could now be legally sued just for selling a gun. Right? Why would what um if you were to challenge that law, right? The precedent that is being set here is that a violation of your constitutional right to own a gun or to sell a gun, right? Isn't really a violation of your constitutional right because it's a civil matter, quote unquote. That's the issue here. Is the the slippery slope of that Texas law is that we're now empowering private citizens to deal with what is a public issue. So when you take the framework in the legal framework here that exists and you apply it to other constitutional rights, either, either those rights can be violated, right? Or this Texas law was incorrectly decided. It can't stand on its own merits if you then say, ah, but you cannot violate my Second Amendment right. You cannot violate my right to sell or possess a gun. How could, how could these two things coexist if, the, if they are to, to actually happen? And Gavin Newsom has talked about this, by the way, publicly. That if this law stands, he's going to do this in Texas or in California, and he has a supermajority in the legislatures. What, what legal groundwork do you have to say Texas can stand, California gun ban cannot? It's a tough question. I, I guess I guess from my standpoint, from not just a moral standpoint, from but also from a legal standpoint, I don't know that he can. I don't. I don't. I mean, you are literally violating the Second Amendment right of an individual by doing so. You aren't violating a um, a right per se in in the Texas but, abortion law. But you are. What right is that? So, it, according to precedent that is set today, Pat, not that we agree with it, right? Because we morally and legally think that Roe versus Wade, because we've talked about this, that it was mm. wrongly decided, right? That what it created was a, a right out of thin air within the 14th Amendment, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Today, as it stands, before we get this decision in um, in Dobbs uh, versus um, Mississippi, right? Mm -hmm. Before we get this decision in June, as of right now, 
today, it legally is a constitutional right. That's the reality of the situation when it comes to abortion. So what the Texas law has done is they are not going to punish the person getting the abortion. They are going to be able to go after the person providing the abortion. That is their attempt to end round the constitutional right to an abortion, is that I'm not telling you you can't do that, but I sure as hell am going to be able to empower my citizens to go after the individuals providing it. So in California's case, what they're proposing and what Gavin Newsom has talked about is we're not going to ban the gun. We're not going to ban your right to own the gun, but we're sure as hell going to ban the ability or go after those who sell and manufacture guns. The way I, but the, I guess the, at the end of the day, the way I see this is an apples and oranges argument. Okay. Um, That's fair and, enough. And, and so, so my, my question is, what is the point of suing the doctor? Stopping them for, from performing the abortions. But right, if I don't have a they dog get a in that fine fight, and jail time for it. But if I don't have a dog in that fight, meaning I, I I don't need or would want an abortion, why would I sue? Because you have a moral obligation, right? You feel a moral obligation that providing abortions is wrong, morally wrong. And now you've got a legal framework in which you can exercise your moral good over another individual. See, that that to me would almost be unconstitutional, though. I don't disagree with you. And so for me, this is the reason why I don't like the Texas abortion bill, uh, is because it doesn't deal with the realities of human life versus human life, right? Mm-hmm. It What it is doing is allowing somebody their moral code, allowing somebody's moral code to now take precedent, right? Your moral compass now has a legal framework in which it supersedes anybody else's. Now, for you and me, I get it, right? Because we see this as snuffing out a life, as murder, right? That's how we see it morally. Mm. Other people don't. I think the only constant in in life is that I shouldn't say constant. You know, when we take a look at moral codes, right? We we have moral code codified in civil law, right? Murder, you know, certain other of the Ten Commandments, stealing, all that sort of stuff, are are codified into our civil law. Abortion is not necessarily itself codified into law. It has been interpreted to be part of a law. But I come down at I come down here. This is a dangerous precedent for the courts to have set at a federal level because 
what it is saying is that in this case, I can apply XYZ moral compass to other individuals, right? So for some people, their moral compass says owning a gun is wrong because what is the purpose of a gun if not to do XYZ, right? Now to somebody like myself, having grown up in a state like Wisconsin, where we know that guns are important for protection, for survival sometimes if you're living in rural areas, right? For sport, there, there's all sorts of uses and reasons to own guns. But for me to take my moral compass when it comes to, let's say I don't like guns, right? And I don't want a gun around me, right? There are plenty of people here in Chicago who believe that, by the way. So I'm going to I'm going to now sue a manufacturer or I'm now going to be able to sue the the starting point of a gun purchase, right? I'm going to snuff that out in my state. In my state, I'm going to make sure that it is doubly difficult for you to be able to own a gun. What is to stop? That is the question. Now, what what other things can be violated based off of somebody's belief that their moral code is superior to somebody else's moral code when it comes to questions of the Constitution and morality? Because that's ultimately what we're dealing with here, right? And, and I think Texas never thought this through. I really don't believe so. I think this is their way of trying to be snarky, trying to be sneaky, trying to end around Roe versus Wade and that precedent being set. Because they're not dealing with the act, right? They're not dealing with that. They're dealing with the provider. They're not dealing with the individual seeking it. They're dealing with the individual providing it. It's kind of like our laws when it comes to legalizing um, drugs in this country, right, Pat? We have a situation where federally everything is still illegal, but on the state level, they're just not going to enforce it. And they've made, let's say, in, in uh, you know, they've made weed legal, right, in certain places. Mm-hmm. And they've made some other harder drugs legal as well in certain places. So you're no longer going to be punished for that possession. And you're no longer going to be punished if you are legally selling it, right? What if I decide that um, I believe this to all be morally reprehensible and we're going to codify that into state law? We're not going to go after the individual consuming it, right? We're going to go after the individuals providing it. We're going to decriminalize the use of drugs, but we're still going to go after the providers of the drugs, right? But the state has decided everything is legal, right? We have a constitutional right in play. It's just back ass words. Right. It 100% is because why? Nobody wants to be seen as being mean to the person seeking the abortion, right? That's the reality of why Texas went the route that they went. Is ass backwards, right? Back ass words, as my dad would like to say. 
So again, I, I come down to this is a very dangerous precedent to have set. That's where I come down from a legal perspective. I, I just don't know how you op- how you put it back in the box. And I, I think for me, the the legal route that I would go here, if if I'm in if I'm in the, the position of Texas or even or California, mm-hmm. the legal route that that I'm going to run into in both of these scenarios is in the case of Texas, it's going to be the you know the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, you know, abortion doctors. I mean, no matter how how you break it down, they're dealing death. No matter how you break that down. Right. Right. Yeah. You and I agree. Right. So, so what I'm saying is from, from a legal standpoint, you are, you are depriving someone the right of life legally speaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in the case of guns, you are then depriving someone of their second amendment rights. So, right. But what I'm trying to get at here, Pat, is this, you and I believe these things to be true. Right. Flip it around. Flip it around to the other side. The other side believes that you don't have a right to own a gun. The other side believes that you have a right to an abortion. So if they just be, we are, they believe that this law violates the United States Constitution, right? Mm, Right. Then, if we're allowed to just go ahead and civilly violate the Constitution of the United States of America, in in this case, right? If we're allowed to do that, what should stop us from being able to allow ourselves to do the same thing with any of the other constitutional amendments in that or the constitutional rights that we have? Any it's of them. A, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But I, I guess the the other part of that equation is. The other side doesn't give a damn about the Constitution. Well, they do. They do only when it comes to, I would argue, the Fourth, Fifth, and Fourteenth Amendments of the United States. That's it. Okay, so that was a hearty, robust debate over the Constitution on a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Uh, oh, that was we, fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, we don't have to agree on everything. And in fact, I think it's much more healthy if we're not agreeing on everything all the time. Um, and, and maybe we do agree, but uh, I just, there's a lot of stuff to think through when it comes to what this Texas abortion bill could or could not mean going forward for constitutional rights. And that's a slope I'm not willing to go down. I'm not willing to go down the road of I get to violate your constitutional rights if my moral code tells me that I'm superior to you. That It's just that simple. Now, if we believe that in the power of persuasion and lawmaking that we constitutionally win, great. Those are two different things. All right. But before we get into more of truth or fiction, I say we have a little bit of fun here. And do not forget, you can follow us on those socials. I'm at The Coppin Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. Um, if you're in the Chicago area, of course, um, free advertising for At Close with Coppins, um, where you can find my real estate uh, needs. 
and uh, business. So if uh, you'd like to join me and the Steve Jenick group, um, feel free to do so here in the Chicago area. Now, Pat, are you ready for the B or not the B? Dude, I was born ready for the B or not the B. Debatable. All right. So today's headline is Rudolph changes name to Rolanda dominates female reindeer games. Rudolph changes name to Rolanda dominates female reindeer games. And while you are busy thinking on that, it's probably a little late for you to do this for Christmas, but you still probably have time to go to catcoolers.com. That's right, catcoolers.com. Get yourself the greatest of all Christmas gifts. Now, if you don't have the time to get it for Christmas per se, um, I, I will tell you this. You have the ability to probably get it for New Year's. And if you're like me, you got to have beverages around for all the people that you might be gathering with. Uh, and again, here in the upper Midwest and uh, the cold areas of the country, a great way, Pat, right, to save room in your actual fridge is to put this outside and allow the beverages to get cold naturally. Now, they also have a 27-quart cooler on sale for $199. That's right. The C-Block Black Cooler on sale for $199. And then you'll get 10% off by going to catcoolers.com, entering the promo code MOJO50 at checkout. So $199, almost $100 off the price, Pat, of its regular um, price. And then another 10% off. I mean, come on. What you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go to catcoolers.com. Get yourself an amazing cat cooler. Keep all of your beverages cold for the New Year's celebration that you are going to partake in. All right. Having said that, Pat, the headline one last time is Rudolph changes name to Rolanda dominates female reindeer games. Is this the B or not the B? Well, it, it's like you're uh, giving me a softball. Um, no, I don't know if it's my birthday or something, but it's like you're giving me a softball. I'm in the Christmas spirit, Pat. The okay, okay, fair enough. This is the Babylon Bee. You are correct. This is the Babylon Bee. Rudolph changes name to Rolanda. Dominates female reindeer games from the North Pole. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer received praise for taking a stunning and brave stance against outdated binary gender stagnation by changing his name to Rolanda and subsequently dominating every field in the North Pole's annual female reindeer games. Quote, Rolanda is a shining beacon for young female reindeer in more ways than one, stated the president of the North Pole Reindeer Games Committee, Bob Chairman. Quote, she has shattered records in every event she has entered, which says so much about the physical potential of all female reindeer. Rolanda the Red-Nosed Reindeer did indeed break records in all events of the female reindeer games, including the sleigh pole, flying, landing, oat bag toss, gingerbread house trampling, and the giant slalom. She struggled with the final event, female reindeer 
feminine ice dancing, performing far worse than all of the other female competitors. The judges still awarded her the gold medal for being so stunning and brave. So really what you're saying is uh, Rudolph came out as transgender, competed in some female sports, and won all the sports. Kind of like that swimmer from uh, UPenn. Yeah, yeah. Or that uh, uh, was it the the weightlifter from was it Australia? No, it New Zealand. Zealand. Okay, it was New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like that too, huh? Except for she really didn't dominate. No, no, she. Re- you mean he really didn't dominate? Right. Yeah, that's the funniest part of that. Mm-hmm. By the way, is that I think he finished not first in one of uh, those events. You would be correct. He finished not even third. Uh, now i I, on a truth or fiction tuesday pat Mm -hmm. um truth or fiction microsoft sucks um that term is going to be relative are we talking in in terms of their computers are we talking in terms of a company what are we talking in terms of they suck as a company Oh, as a company, oh, that's absolute truth. Yeah, that, that, I, I would, I would agree with that. Because you know, one of the things that bothers me the most mm-hmm. is here's Microsoft Word. Um, now pay me a crap ton of money for the right to own. Oh, and by the way, pay me a monthly fee too. Kind of like Adobe. Oh hell no, no. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Microsoft has a way of dealing with this, Pat. Did you hear about that? No. Well, there. Check this out. This holiday season, you're gonna get a fifty percent discount on Office. So wait, 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 wait. Are, are you saying you now have to pay a monthly fee to use Microsoft Word? Not necessarily. Okay. If you were to do the Office 365, I believe you have to pay a, a monthly fee. But I could be wrong there. I don't use these products. I mm. just don't. I mean, because I, I, I mean, I used to use Word all the time. I hate Word. But well, I mean, but this is like like pre Google Docs and um, not having to you know do that all the time. But I mean, because like now now when I do anything like that you know, on my computer, it's almost always exclusively a Google doc. Cause I have to share it with somebody. So check this out, mm-hmm. but in a bold bid, according to the verge to turn digital crooks away from a life of crime, Microsoft is offering a 50% discount on its office suite to some people using pirated versions. Mm-hmm. Gax reports that a new message in the office ribbon bar is appearing on pirated office apps, tempting people with a 50% discount on a genuine Microsoft 365 subscription. The message links to an official Microsoft website that claims pirated software exposes your PC to security threats. Microsoft also warns office pirates that they run the risk of running into viruses, malware, data loss, identity theft, and the inability to receive critical updates. The discount brings the price of a Microsoft 365 family subscription down to just $49.99 for the first year or $34.99 for a year of Microsoft 365 personal. So every year, Pat, your Microsoft 365 will cost you 
So if I'm doing the math right, it will cost you $100 for the family subscription. Why? Why? Because here's, here's the honest truth. Like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, you have Google Docs now. You can use that for free. So what what incentive do I have to use Microsoft Word? Even if I'm using a PC, what incentive do I have? No, I, I don't disagree with you. Because that Google Doc can do everything that, that Microsoft Word program can do. So... What what incentive do I have? It, it makes zero sense. Do not go past go and do not collect $200. Go straight to freaking jail. Now, with my two uh, truth or fictions out of the way, Pat, it's time for your first truth or fiction of the day. All righty, then. You ready? Um, today's young people. Whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, our, our, our whimpers, the empers. They're, uh, they're not tough. And we need to make our young people tough again. Truth or fiction? Um, both. What? It's both truth and fiction. Okay. Please describe. Okay, so here's where I'm going to go with the truth. Um, we have sold the lie that you're supposed to live a life that is devoid of hardship, of stress, of difficult decisions, right? We have sold our kids a lie that everything should come easy. That you don't have to work hard. To, and things should just be handed to you because you're all special snowflakes, right? And I firmly believe that because I see it every day. I see it in how um, school assignments are handed out to the children of, of friends, right? Or family members. and I And I see it in how you know, certain things are done in sports today and and all of that, right? So I do agree. I think it is truth that we have to toughen them up because life is not, and this is especially true in a very personal way for me uh, this week, right? Uh, a, a very close family friend um, leaves behind two very young children this week um, in a very sudden loss. And I, I look at that from a perspective of I'm sad for those kids, right? Very young children are now going to deal with something that grown adults struggle with, right? Today, are they equipped? Do they have the tools to be able to understand that hardship can be overcome? Now, luckily, um, Knowing these individuals, I know that they're going to have the love and support and um, the tools afforded them to be able to handle it, right? 
But I also look at a society that handles stress by doing what, Pat? Self-medicating, right? We mm-hmm. see a society, and, I, and I'm not saying that that, does, that didn't happen in the past or whatever, right? Because I think you can talk about alcoholism. You can talk about, um, you know, past drug use and all those things too. But it's not on the scale of what we see today with prescription drug abuse and, and all of the things that go on there, right? Because we are oftentimes told that there's a magic pill for uh, distancing yourself from your feelings. And here's the reason why I say fiction. So it is true that we have to allow them to toughen up. We have to allow them to understand that they're going to run into road bumps in life and that they're going to deal with stress, that they're going to deal with hardship, that not everything is going to come to them because they want it, right? This I want to, I want a society, right? Right. And you can see it in COVID and all those things, right? But at the same point in time, while we're saying toughen up here, we also have to realize that mental health is highly important. And we can't be in a society like 20, 30 years ago where it was, oh, screw, you can't talk about your feelings. You know, you can't embrace um, what's happening to you mentally, right? We can't live in that society. It is an unhealthy way to deal with stress, by the way. Bottle it up. Toughen up. No, that message can't be there. The message has to be this. You're going to deal with stress. Hardship will happen to you. Here are the realities of life, right? Be that warrior kid, right? If you've ever seen that book. I think it's Jocko. Is it Jocko? Um, what's his last name? Um, but anyway, um, you have to have those conversations that you're going to run into hardships, but you also then have to recognize that it is okay to ask for help, that it is okay to say that you're not okay, right? And it's okay to understand that um, getting mechanisms in place to how you handle stress, understanding how you individually handle those types of things is equally important. You can't just say toughen up and throw throw them to the wolves and then give them no way to cope. That's a recipe for disaster, just as it is a recipe for disaster by telling your kids you're a special snowflake and um, everything that you want in life can be yours just because of you being you, right? Those two things can't, can't happen. We have to have that combination. That's how, that's how I think of this. That's why I said truth or fiction or truth and fiction here. So I, I'm going to go a slightly different route than you. Um, I, I actually think this is just complete truth. Um, but I hear exactly what you're saying, but I would also argue that that falls under toughness. Uh, and, and, and by that, I mean, asking for help, like, like when you have exhausted your capacity to do something for yourself and you just, you're you're struggling, you can't get there, whether that be with, um, you can't physically do something or mentally you are just, you've had it right. You, you mentally need some help, you know? It comes down to asking for help is a sign of strength. 
it is a sign of toughness. Um, I have seen, and I and I deal with this in, um, not with my not with myself individually, but within my personal life. You know, I I see those that that deal with depression and um, deal with various forms of mental illness. And it takes a lot for them to ask for any kind of help. It takes a lot for them to even admit that they're struggling because they feel like that they should be able to handle it all on their own. That's not true. I've never believed that to be true. In fact, I, I believe in the very simple idea that, that men, and by man I mean humans, were not put on this earth to go through life alone. If that were the case, there'd only be one of us. So I, I, I don't believe that for a second. On the other hand, I also believe that you work for what you have. Um, and and that, that's not just the, the temporal things. That is also the mental and the spiritual gifts as well. Like you, you have to work for these things. You have to seek things out. You have to try to discover these things for yourself. Um, and that's something that, that, you know, I, I learned as a kid is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. to It's okay to be, to ask for help. But one of the things I learned as a kid is a lot of times my parents would push me to do things that I didn't think that I could do. And so, and then what, what I would often find, and I, and I still find that in my, in my life today and in my career, that if I am to be successful and I have a hard time with something, a lot of times I end up, if I just try and I put forth my best effort and I, I really work at it and I learn from those mistakes and I learn from those failures, I'm usually farther along than what I realized I am. And it takes a little bit of hindsight to see that. Um, but I, I look at the world today and I look at uh, things like COVID. I look at um, what we're allowing our government to do. And I, and I look around and I, and I wonder, where are the men? Where are all the courageous men that are willing to stand up for our liberty and for our freedom. Where are they? I know a few. And I think there are a lot more out there. Okay. But are they tough enough to make themselves known and to stand up to things like government tyranny? And I that's why I say this is complete truth is it goes both ways. There's different there's different ways to look at toughness. Yeah. There's different right. ways to look at strength. You're right. You are absolutely right. And, and um, I think w what I would worry is that people believe that toughness is still what it was 30 years ago, right? Right. Especially for men. Mm. And that's the one thing that I love about what the NFL has been doing, what a lot of professional sports has been doing in trying to demystify and destigmatize mental health. Right. right. Because you can't be strong. You can't be truly tough if you aren't mentally right. Right. You really can't. So right. I, I don't disagree with you. I, and I think that's an interesting way to do that. Now, I have a um I have a third and final one to get to in the last seven minutes or so here. 
Pat. Oh, joy. The pandemic is over. Truth or fiction? Ooh, this is interesting. Because I think if you look at it from a certain point of view, you could argue it either way. So I'm going to go both truth and fiction. And the, and the reason why I'm going to do this is because I think from, from our standpoint, this was true a long time ago. I think from a panic porn and from a government standpoint, this is complete fiction. Hmm. Okay. And, and my question to you would be, why do you think that um, on the government side of things? Why? Because look what they're still trying. They're still trying to push vaccine mandates. They're still trying to, I mean, if you look at the state of California right now, they, I believe they just reinstituted a indoor mask policy. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think, believe that's also going around in other parts of the country as well. Um, I, aren't they doing something very similar in Chicago? Well, um, we've had, we've had that since August. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you've had that since August. So you see what what local state and even what the federal government's either doing or trying to do right now, um, and especially now with the emergence of the uh, Omicron variant, um, that you know they're putting more, they're trying to do more restrictions again all of a sudden. So I, I don't think I don't think that by any means that this is over. I mean, look at what what our Lord and Savior Pr President Dr. Anthony Fauci is coming out and saying and doing when it comes to this. So no, I don't I don't think this is over for for them. They're continuing to push the panic porn. They're continuing as business as usual. The pandemic in their eyes is not over. Okay. That's fair enough. I would say that this is truth. Because while you can point to California and New York, right? Mm. I can point to Colorado. The governor of Colorado is refusing to put in place any more emergency rules. Which is great. So we have, yes, we have ultra-liberal California and ultra-liberal New York State government doing these things. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is true that we are seeing an uptick in cases and, and all that stuff, right, in Maine and New England in general and, and mm. somewhat here, but not totally here in, in this in the state of Illinois. And so while I see all of those things and and I'm not I'm not one to poo-poo individual um tragedies when it comes to COVID, right? Right. Definitely not one to do that. The reality is that a lot of government, even inside those liberal states, are saying, screw you. We have 14 different counties in uh, New York saying, no, we're not enforcing it. No, hell no. We have companies pushing out the vaccine mandate situation and saying, no, we're not doing it. And we're talking large companies doing it. We have governments saying no more, no mas, we're done. But most importantly, look at what the people are doing. By and large, the people are saying, nah, how do I know that? What was the vaccination rate in August, Pat, here in the United States? 
About fifty-seven percent. Uh, it, it was over fifty percent. I know that. Fifty-seven percent. Right. Mm. That is everybody who is eligible for the vaccination, right? Mm. Right. What is the vaccination rate in the United States of America right now? And I shouldn't say vaccination. I should say full therapeutic jab. Isn't it? It only went up like another seven percent, right? Not. Nope. Nope. Not even that. Sixty point three. Okay. That's nothing. Right. If they believed in the panacea of the jab, because just like our friends at the Steve Dace show, I fully believe you can't call this a vaccine. And I've said that a long time ago. This is not a vaccine. A vaccine does what? Gives you immunity, mm-hmm. most importantly. And then if it's not giving you immunity, it allows you to um, not suffer symptoms. This thing doesn't do that. That is very clear by the data in front of us. Because everybody that we're not everybody, but the vast majority of what is being seen in hospitals across this country and in people who are getting sick are people who are vaccinated, right? Or fully jabbed. Mm. If the American public believed this to be the panacea that Ironically, the left who told us during Donald Trump's presidency that the vaccine was going to be dangerous. Outside of that group, the the vast majority of Americans were only at 60%, Pat. If they truly believed that the full jab routine was that panacea, we'd be way higher. And we see it. And we see the results. The American people are saying, nah, I'm done. They are literally saying that by not increasing the amount of vaccination, right? The amount of jabs that are being given. They're not increasing at a high high level. We should see over 65 70% if that were to be the case, right? That's where we should be if we were still in full-on panic mode, right? The reality is that while government may be doing all of the things that you were talking about, the people on the ground don't care. You can go in, you know, if, if you were here in Chicago, you go to a restaurant and watch nobody give a crap about you wearing a mask. It's all theater. So I think this is true. I think we're done with the pandemic. Now with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's go, Brandon. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.